This evening's Dharma talk is titled Deconstructing Ego, Deconstructing Fix Fixated Identity, Deconstructing. So how would you, this is a deconstruction, this is a word that was made uh, quite well, semi-popular by Jacques Derrida, the, I think he was French, uh, deconstructionist philosopher. It seemed to affect everything. Everything started started taking everything apart, finding out what it, what it fundamentally was. Just like in uh, in the uh, what is it, the particle physics, they run into this uh, Higgs boson. Have any of you heard about that? It's kind of difficult to understand, but it's it's worth looking at this uh, the what. Uh, Hadron, Hadron Collider is a was it 20 some miles long or something like that. They uh, sent particles around there and found out uh, through this, uh, found out that there's a there's a particle or not a particle, but there's a, a quality, I think you might say, about physical reality that is like, and the example I uh, heard once was, uh, it's like, uh, you know, you can only break Legos down so far, you noticed? Unless you have one of those special kinds of Legos where the paint comes off and they, they, they you can shake them into molecules, you know, you know, you know about that. So, uh, so the, the the example, the metaphor was used there was uh, instead of particles, it's like it's like the the paint on the Lego. It's like something very very fundamental to the little Lego part, uh, the atom. We could use that as a metaphor for that. So another kind of deconstruction, looking at something that's a structure, breaking it down, looking at something that's a structure. So first you have to see that it's a structure. If you think that you're, if you reflect and think that who you are is a solid being, instead of just a gathering of things, the traditional way of breaking this down, the Buddhists were doing deconstruction a long time ago. Uh, the five heaps or skandhas, if the Sanskrit word is skanda, which means lump or heap or grouping form form and consciousness or to break it down even further form and feeling perception concept or thinking process or memory and the six sense fields and their objects Whew, pretty elaborate that being said the way to work with that is rather than go to war with it or push on it like which is quite often what we do when we're unhappy with ourselves we we want to just stop doing that and even the the in the uh, the, the various uh, precepts and so on whether whatever the lineage and our lineage is uh 16 precepts that we what we observe rather than struggle with or follow or adhere to or uh, any of those things so what do we do we we need to observe that we need to look at that and meditation practice sitting practice of meditation is a way outside of any belief outside of any disbelief outside of any any uh in between uh, quality of not knowing or ignoring seems to be necessary to see what that is because if you jump to any conclusion about it you and the example i often use over and over again as soon as you jump to any conclude uh, conclude anything this is what happens to the awareness you start to see your conclusion and you stop looking at whatever it was that perplexed you in the first place. Difficult to do because it's, uh, 
it's right in your face. The very difficulty is right in your face as you live your life, as you walk out and and uh, walk through the grass and get your feet wet and uh, or stumble and fall or someone backs into your car or cuts you off in traffic, all the other things that can go amiss. Our reaction, our uh, spontaneous uh, response to that quite often is anger, irritation, and so on. And this comes from, this kind of uh, reaction comes from the underlying assumption, presumption. It seems to be necessary for us to, to look at this fundamentally, go, go down deeper rather than just saying, well, it's this. Like the physicist will say, well, it's just an atom. You can't go any further than that. That's the lowest. But you can. As we know, you go lower and lower, and there's all kinds of things. You know, I read about it just enough to realize that I'm not equipped to handle this kind of thinking. Uh, I'm barely equipped to even think. And the thinking situation is more and more a second-class citizen in this consciousness. So I don't know much. But I am here to say and to suggest to you and encourage you to don't take my word for anything. Don't take anybody's word. Don't believe or disbelieve or, or look away from anything that is being said or told to you, whatever it may be. Don't believe it. Don't grasp, don't disbelieve it, reject. So no passion, no aggression, or as little as possible. And if there is some of that there, don't go to war with that. So if you see some warfare coming up, don't go to war with the war. Don't accept, reject anything, if you can help it. And when that is being said, just like the precept, the first of the, of the 10 grave precepts uh, is don't kill. Well, you can't help but kill. You're gonna kill something if you're alive. Have to kill something, you can't just eat uh, sand. Just like, don't get angry, which is, I think it's the next to the last one, the ninth one. Probably not going to be able to help but get angry. But by saying don't get angry, what does this do as a meditator, as someone who is studying uh, awareness practice, as someone who is studying the teachings of the Buddha? Uh, it's going to bring your awareness right to that situation. And the idea there is to be aware of it and see the way in which if, uh, if you wanted to shut it off, you probably cannot because it's too complicated. The way in which anger or any given situation arises has multiple, that's stating it lightly, multiple causes and conditions and effects and considerations that are arising, that are modifying every apparent singularity or outcome. So it seems that as much as we would like to, as soon as we see the, the difficulty uh, in our mind, maybe anger or whatever it may be, or the frustration, or maybe um, some anxiety or something comes up, and we see that we can't really find a reason for the anxiety, so we just want to shut it off. And then we begin to ask ourselves, why, 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 why? Why is circular? Why will get a because? Either, and it can be a because it's true, relatively true, which everything is relatively true, or uh, it'll be a part of it. It won't be the big, very hard to see the big picture of anything. So it'll be part of that. And then we might say, why that? And why this? And why that? Why because? Why because? Why because? And so I say, often say, and I'm saying here, it's like if you want to deconstruct the self-centeredness or or do something with that grasping at a self, that uh, sometimes uh, showing up in really intense form of it as pride or some kind of vanity. Uh, and, and that quite often is noticeable to others before it's noticeable to you. You may think, well, that's just the way I am. I'm just 
you know, I've done that, I can do that, and and I should be promoted or protected, or I should be criticized, or I, or so on and so forth. We have that kind of, it's not exactly innate, but it sure looks like it. If we look at it closely, we're right back to the Lego again, it starts to break down into parts, we begin to see very deeply what that is. And it, it rests on a false understanding, and that false, that misunderstanding, that mistaken identity, is that there's a solid being called me or I. And if you look, you won't find anything. When I say you won't find anything, you'll find something, but there's something behind that, and then there's something behind that, and then there's something about, then there's something further and something. You won't find anything that, uh, like, as is said in a, a cultural convention, the buck stops here. The buck does not stop. There was, a, there was an image once that I liked quite well, and I've used it myself a few times, that, that awakening, awakening to the nature of reality is like jumping off a cliff. So it's absolutely, ter or can be, terrifying to ego. That's the bad news. The good news is, if you want to call it that, because at that point you don't really care, you never hit bottom. There isn't anything to land on. But you can only, you will only have that as uh, something that is experiential. What was I going to say? You can only say, no, wait a minute. Do I know what I'm talking about? <laughs> You can only have that experientially if you don't if you don't determine to land on something. If you don't try to find it, because otherwise, on the way down, if you're just willing to fall, you have to be willing to hit. If you're willing to if you're willing to hit, then you don't you don't hit. You can't you can't really hit. There really isn't because there's no one there to hit. Pretty astonishing to discover from the inside out what consciousness is and what is consciousness not separate from anything, anywhere, anybody, anytime, any place. And this is why praise and blame are completely uh, a mis complete misunderstanding of the nature of reality. To think anybody gets credit for anything, anybody gets blamed for anything. It's a misunderstanding. All the prisons should be emptied. And I'm not even particularly political. All the wars should be uh, unfought, deconstructed. So how do we do that? We go in and we find out what is the what is the fundamental nature of even getting up to uh, have breakfast in the first place. To deep, go ahead. Um, I had a question about the willingness to hit. Um, when we have the relative need to make money, um, keep it's yeah. a feeling of maintaining something. Yeah. Where is that willingness? It's a matter of priority. And so it's a matter of, of allowing yourself to go back and forth. Allow yourself to go into, how, how am I going to make any money? How am I going to pay the bills? There's nothing wrong with that. You should think about that. So it's not like trying to be non-materialistic. That's a misunderstanding. So any kind of going too far one way in order to accomplish something, you can't accomplish awakening. You can't just suddenly decide to become uh, um, selfless. There isn't, there isn't one. If, there's, if there were a self, then you could probably get rid of it. Since there isn't one, all you can really do, the way it looks here, is to see that it never existed in the first place. This is what this is what the falling is, yes, sir. Um, how can you be authentic if there's no self? The the authenticity is uh, without a self. The self that is authentic is lying. <laughs> Keep coming. Uh, You're asking the right question. I'm just I'm inviting you. I can't do this by myself because nothing is separate. So if you're here, then I'm there. But if you, by your questions, you can take me 
anybody. You can take us both, take everybody down into this material. Help me. If we're basically selfless, is everything in genuine? Uh, like, if there's no self, is everything a con construction? Is everything? Yeah, everything is a construction. Uh, yes. More? So to be genuine, you... You have to stop objecting to everything. You have to stop agreeing with everything or ignoring everything. Those are the three poisons, passion, aggression, ignorance. And if those things come up, you also don't agree or disagree or ignore those. So you're not trying to get, take all the leaves off a tree. It isn't like that kind of a horrible project you have ahead of you. It's just this. Everything happens now. Past and future are an illusion. Pretty strong one. More? Oh, yeah. that's, oh. huh? that's good, I think. <laughs> all right. I was ready to... I was ready to go down a rabbit hole. Is that what that is, a rabbit hole? Yes. Is deconstructing ego um, an activity or a practice we can do? Yeah, yeah it, is, it, is a, a, it is a very, very subtle activity. That's why I've given, what, half a dozen talks on meditation is action, just to kind of counter the, the um, kind of opinions that come up around the judgments, the ideas about, with, about people who just sit and look at the wall instead of go out and march on Washington or something or carry signs. And so it is a subtle activity. What is that subtle activity? You're actually holding still and you're watching what continues to move. And by watching what continues to move, it gets more and more subtle. So you eventually very little is moving. Mm -hmm. Is it an intentional activity, like in the sense of I'm going to deconstruct ego or I'm going to do that? No, it's a, that we're talking about that, so we, so we have something to talk about. So I give it a title: deconstruct ego. Uh, you know that I don't know where that talk is going to go. I just know that that's probably a good way to start. So it isn't actually something you do. You you do it in a way, but the, what you're actually doing is you're seeing the way it is built. You're seeing that it's made up of several parts. Uh, hope and fear is an aspect or quality uh, that it runs it hoping something will be better. And we, we, we often validate in our culture, well, you have to have hope. Well, you don't have anything, but I just want, I just want those people to have hope. I just, I just need to have hope. And this is a, um, it's an energy that uh, is uh, very similar to ignoring, because you actually leave the work at hand and go into some daydream about it. So it's a subtle activity, but it's but it is an activity. You're actually looking at the way the structure works, and eventually the idea here is is eventually you see that it is uh, it is unreal that there is no self, there is no solid construct we call a self, nor is there an other or something else. And when this becomes in the Yogacara tradition becomes perception only, then just a way of talking about it, er, the the subject and the object collapse into the perception just by virtue of the awareness not picking and choosing anymore. So everything just comes down to just this. And at the same time, of course, everything is separated. You still have to go and feed the chickens. You know, you have still have things you have to do, but you do them. Uh, but, but that which is doing it and that which is being done are not separate from each other anymore. It is so ordinary and so, it's so subtle and it's so ordinary. That's like the Zen, one of the Zen teachings that you'll all recognize is Chopwood before enlightenment chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Not two. That's a way of saying enlightenment and delusion, Buddhas and sentient beings are not two separate things. If you are uh, 
it says that sentient beings are deluded about the nature of awakening and and uh, buddhas are clear about the nature of delusion so you you just you just you're clear about that so there's no more warf warfare happening more the deconstruction is it like a one step deconstruction like perception only when i think of deconstruction i immediately start looking for parts lots of mm -hmm. i'm going to take this off and this off so how does that deconstruction? I, I think it shows up uh, different with different people. One of the ways that it shows up is uh, the particles in language and 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 uh, uh, concepts, a whole string of concepts coming along to describe some particular thing. So I think those are like parts. So but by continuing to look at that, what happens is you eventually begin to hear the language, the very structure of it itself, and you see the, the what the language is pointing to in the language itself are separated and yet not separated at the same time. To begin to see that is to, to see that everything is fabricated. Uh, a very uh, great uh, visual uh, illusion uh, or, or uh, uh, image of that was the, all the particles uh, in uh, the matrix. You know, the, there was everything was very solid and real and people were fighting and, and so on. And then, then they would show what was actually going on as all these little particles were happening. I mean, it was not exactly true. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yes. Junchu? If we're endeavoring to see the structure and just continuing to observe all the parts that Chuzan yes. was talking about, does the observation ever end? Yes. There, there's a, the ob observation ends when there's no observer and there's nothing to be observed. This is called uh, uh, Vishnapti Matra, is the fancy word in Sanskrit but it's just perception only, um, representation only. It's just that, just that. It's not about that. It's not about this. It's just that. We're using concepts in order to encourage ourselves, encourage people to, to begin to slow down and, and just hold still and endeavor to not add. Don't, don't do any math at all. Just just to see what is... What is that? If you look at the carpeting, if you look at the, you just sit and you look at the wall, hold your body very still, put your body in a symmetrical situation and do this the rest of your life without particularly any uh, gaining idea or need to gain anything. It's, a, it's about a sense of dedication, could be called devotion, could be called a really a strong intention to see the truth no matter what it takes and with no need for credentials, no need for progress. Progress is a it's a varmint progress. Progress will run away with your goods, like General Electric in the 1950s said. Progress is our most important product. Or maybe they said in a higher pitch voice now. Progress. No, wasn't that? that was, yeah, was it? Go ahead. Isn't the truth just perception? You, you could say that, but it's getting a little bit philosophical, and I wouldn't use that as, a, as some kind of a you know, leaning post. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that as a, if you want to use something to lean on, uh, use uh, not separate. Everything you see is not, anything you see that looks like something else, not separate, not separate, not separate. And what will happen is as long as you're in a separated physical form, you'll see the separations and you'll see the not separate at the same time. It's called realization. It's called freedom because there's nothing separate from you. This doesn't mean that somebody couldn't grab you and throw you in a, in a cage and lock the door and 
it doesn't mean that you won't, wouldn't be unhappy in there. But if you realize what this was, you wouldn't be as unhappy. You can't, you can't lock this, what this up. You can't lock up what this is. More? How is it not separate? Uh, because it's not two. How is it not separate if it's just perception? The perception is a way of talking about it so that you can begin to see it. That's a, it's a teaching of the, the Yogacara uh, tradition. It's just a way of, it's like someone back there thought, how can I, how can I communicate this in a way that will fundamentally help people see what this is without interfering with the particular distress that they need to go through in their own karma? But you don't want to take someone's karma away from them if it's karma that they particularly need to go through. And you also don't necessarily want to preach to them, well, you know, uh, you brought it on yourself. Remember three lifetimes ago when you uh, kicked that elephant? Well, that's why, you know, the tree fell on you. If you follow me a little bit, I'm being silly, but I'm just saying that the cause and effect thing is, uh, it's important to kind of see how that works. But everything is available, as my teacher, Trung Parimpache, uh, said, everything you need to realize is available right now. Every single moment, is, it's right here in front of you. I say, what you're looking for, you're looking at. It doesn't mean that you can see it yet, but if you're looking at that, then you're at least looking at the covering. You're at least looking at the veils. You're at least looking at the, um, um, I don't know how else to say it. Say you're, you're, you're looking at the preconceptions, the ideas that are covering up what you need to realize. And that's, we see that and say, well, that's, that can't be it. So then we look somewhere else. That can't be it. So then we look. And you need to just sit down, look at the wall, and that's it. And do a lot of it, as you've heard me say so many times. More? So it's the noticing of the labeling. Go uh, Sheldon down in Union City yes. asks, is deconstructing ego also a construction? So when I say, not necessarily, when I'm saying decon deconstructing ego, is it's not really uh, taking apart so much as it's just seeing the way it's a collection of things that get hooked together to make up some kind of story about who we are, what we did, what happened to us, why we're here, what's good, what's bad, what we should do, what we shouldn't do, what we shouldn't have done. We go into the past or the future, what we should, you know, it's, it's just a promotion of ourselves. It's a, it's advertisements for our, for ourselves that we believe in. It's just self propaganda. Uh, and the seventh consciousness is a, a, par a paranoia factory. You know, that there's some, we got to watch it. We, what if somebody thinks this or thinks that, what are they actually thinking about us? What are they doing? So I wouldn't say it's so much of a construction. I would say that the teachings are constructed, uh, a form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, or, or the, the various, the 12 links in the chain of existence, starting with ignorance and going up to sickness, aging, and death. That whole thing is a, is a structure or a construction based on uh, someone's awareness of how this looks. They brought in, they brought in those concepts of ignorance and formations and consciousness and uh, uh, the five skandhas and the six or the and, and, and uh, contact and um, um, a feeling and then craving and, and and how those things look and you you since it's cumulative tradition you could actually look at that and study that for a while and and modify that somewhat you could say well I think if you looked at this this way and more emphasis in this area than that so it isn't like there's some kind of a um, uh, some kind of inviable uh, uh, 
structure to it that we can't modify or change. They're just uh, constructions. So I'm not sure if I'm remembering exactly what uh, Sheldon's question was. Can you read it again? Yeah. Is, is deconstructing ego also a construction? No, because uh, because it is uh, it is seeing the construction so that the awareness actually goes in and sees the construction, but it doesn't take any monkey wrenches in with it. So it doesn't it doesn't need to be deconstructed. Uh, and it just needs to be see. We need to see that it's just not real in the first place. So you don't really have to get rid of an ego that is fundamentally not true. Brit. What is holding it together? Fear. And hope, but may, a lot of it's just fear, and it's not a fear that we necessarily feel. It's a it's a real low level that starts to get triggered by situations. Like if uh, if I if I start to criticize you about something, it could be something you did, it could be something you didn't do. There will still be some kind of feeling of being, you know, of being picked on or being misunderstood or any combination of things like that. It's just a way of talking about it. Is it a fear yeah. of something particular? Uh, you can take it several directions. One, uh, uh, a fear of extinction, fear of death, is quite often what's lurking in the background. Fear of, of, of something is very valuable, me, coming to an end. And who you are can't come to an end because it hasn't begun. The body-mind, this, this construction has begun, and it's going down. Probably me sooner than you guys, but it shows up and it's here, and we we move around and we accept, reject, and we believe and we disbelieve, and we we you know in my case I did this, had this job, had these children, lived over here, lived over there, had these kind of thoughts and this kind of feelings and this kind of fear and everything, and then and you just keep when you run into this kind of a training, which is a spiritual path, it's not a, it's a it's a religious path, but it's more about the awareness practice, actually opening up and seeing what is true outside of believing or disbelieving or shutting down on everything. Just see what is true and, uh, and don't give up. Just keep and don't yawn. Now you can yawn. Junshu, they can't want to yawn. <laughs> You've had plenty of sleep, haven't you? Okay. Yes. Junshu. When we start to look at uh, our particular way that ego functions, I start to see a lot of things I don't like or want to change. Yeah. So just observing that feels like failure and yeah. going in and somehow trying to correct it feels just as much like failure. Of course. What, what do we observe? All of that. Observe going in, observe, uh, you know, like you've got to have your own back. You know, when you go in to the, the failure, you've got to have your own back. You've got to be there with that illusion of the self, looking at things and cover yourself, to care about yourself. Yeah, that's where this starts. You, you, you aren't going to be able to love any of these guys unless you love this. And I don't talk. I'm not talking about lust or craving or possession. I'm talking about a fundamental understanding that goes all the way to the center of the earth. Fancy way of saying love. So you have to have your own back. You follow me a little bit? Like you're dealing with it, but step back a quarter of an inch and see what you're doing. See what this person called uh, Junchu is dealing with. Look at the, the, the incredible abrasiveness of the emotions and the fear that you're dealing with. Give yourself a break. Have your own back. Nobody else can have it for you. Only you really know what, what, you're, what you're going through now, what you've gone through when you were 13 or 14 or 
when you were six, all the things that you've gone through, just take care of yourself. And it's not going to uh, alleviate anything to blame anyone, including this. Okay? Because if you blame this, then it gets, starts to solidify, and then you try to find ways to get off the hook. Yeah. How do we begin to have our own back when what we see is someone we don't like? When it's someone we don't like? Yeah. Well, that's a start. And when I say it's a start, just don't, don't, don't give up. Don't, don't do something else. Just stay there and, and know that you dislike. Don't try to change the dislike. Don't try to get rid of aggression. It has to be seen. Don't try to get rid of dislike or hatred or any of that. It has to be seen for what it is, for what it actually is. And that's the only way it's going to change or, or, uh, or transform into uh, awakening. We studied that the other day, transforming negative, uh, wisdom, uh, negative emotions into wisdom. That's how it's done. I didn't know then, or I would have told you that, but I just found out because of your question. I don't know anything unless you ask me. If you stop asking questions, then I just take a nap. Good question. Just just continue just to work with the negativity. Work, work with the negativity rather than try to get rid of the negativity or trying to be a person who has no negativity. And, that's, uh, and seeing that, is a, that's, that's the path. That's what this path is. That's a, that's a powerful Dharma gate. And that may happen more along that line with you than say it is for someone else. Someone else may have another kind of complication or difficulty or passion, aggression, ignorance, uh, envy, uh, and all that stuff. Yes, David. Are uh, memories constructed of passion, aggression, and ignorance? Well, I think there are qualities that could be, you know, wound in there. There are different. You know, if you have a memory of doing this, that, or the other thing, it could have been, you know, a memory of when you lost your temper, got upset, and that would be in there. A memory of when you were really happy and were really delighted with what was happening in your life. So, you know, there's all kinds of that. It, the passion, aggression, ignorance, you don't have to get rid of that. It's the grasping at it based on fixation or based on hope and fear. Hope is a little more subtle maybe than fear, but it's a similar kind of moving away from things you don't like. You know, it's like... A, Someone says, well, what gives you hope? You know, I remember some uh, somebody, it was Amy Goodman, I think, asked Dick Gregory once, who's uh, probably older than I am. Is he still alive, Dick? A black comedian, somebody said. Uh, she said to him, so, which she often asks, he says, so, so Dick, what, what gives you hope? He said, hope? I don't have any hope. I don't have any use for that. Something like that. <laughs> He's quite funny, as most uh, people uh, in there. What was he? Is he 90 or something like that? So anyway, the attachment to getting something and the attachment to fearing something, those kind of polarities, uh, seems, it seems that we need to really just see that. The de deconstruction part of ego comes from just seeing the, that it, it's a, if you see that it's a construction, kind of dismantles itself. It's like seeing, it's like seeing a box of Legos, you know, or taking, I mean, you, you could take it apart, but if you see that it's made of Legos, you know, you can walk away from it or or uh, sit there and look at it. It won't make any difference, but it won't necessarily have uh, hope and fear. It won't resonate with your your um, the difficulty that you're having. Again, seems to be necessary to when, when the negativity comes up, it just stay with that, not by way of grasping onto it or clinging to it, but just, just stay with that ha and have a willingness for it to go away, a willingness for it to come back. A willingness for it to turn this way, for it to increase, for it to decrease. No praise, no blame. 
questions are good if you have them. I'm not quite sure yet how to ask, but um, I tend to think of the parts that make up who I think I am as just being like my body, my memories, my job, etc. But does that also extend to everyone else and everything? Yes. The no separation uh, is seen when all the parts and pieces that you're beginning to see through your own sitting practice that you're no longer agreeing with or objecting to or doing anything with. You're just, you're just, they're just happening. Things come and things go, thoughts come and go, come and go like clouds. You're becoming, you're, you're, there's less and less personality happening and more and more appreciation for everything, for your life, for colors, for the, 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 even, and this may sound a little, uh, a little odd, but even that you could die, that's how you know you're alive. You could die. You could, you, this whole thing that we call life could just go, what? Probably wouldn't make that nice. I mean, it might. In a cartoon, it would. Well, so I think appreciation, which is another kind of accommodation. It's another word for, uh, a very impersonal word for love. Really appreciate to really be with anybody's uh, 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 beauty and their grace and their balance and everything really need to be with their confusion, their neurosis and their difficulty and their internal warfare. You have to, it's the whole, uh, what is that Mexican food? Burrito. No, it's enchilada. <laughs> burrito. <laughs> well, it could be a burrito. I mean, they're kind of wrapped up and a lot of the hidden things in it. I'll talk to you later. Further questions? Have a few minutes? Yes. Last night during our Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism book study, we came across a phrase that's kind of haunted me, um, the irritating quality of, and it seems to be negative emotions. What is it? What is irritation? So what's your, what, what is your question? I mean, I, I, it, I can't it, just describe something you already know about, so what, what is it you're asking me? Where does it come from? Or? What? Um, I guess, what's so attractive about the irritation? So the irritation is about the self-centeredness. It's about, and it's, it's irritation is, a, uh, is, uh, uh, is connected with the, a very, very low frequency uh, self-centeredness that, we, that, we're, that, that is usually buried because we're able to just ignore that, that we're self-centered because everything's going okay. We feel really good. We're at the beach. Our, all our friends are there. They're smiling. We just got a raise last week. Our girlfriend, boyfriend really likes us. They're not being mean. I mean, there's just so many things. And then something goes haywire somewhere. Something happens that something starts to, that shouldn't be there. We, we need this even, cool, balanced world to, to continue. Something's interfering. There's a, uh, a fly in the ointment, as they say. There's something is, is causing some kind of irritation. And the interesting thing is, one who uh, to one who sees what the, someone who has realized, let's use that word. That's, I like that better than enlightenment or enlightened. Someone who's realized about uh, realized what this actually is. They may have irritation too, but it, it can't find itself. The irritation may be there, may even be expressed. It might be expressed to you, towards you, from me or from someone else. But it has no. It has no. Uh, um, there's no. There's nothing for it to hook to. And because the very nature of relative truth is so 
incredibly complicated that as soon as you stop protecting yourself with your own ideas, your memories, your hopes, your fears and everything, and your consciousness starts to blow apart from being a self-centered uh, um, narcissist, not just you, of course, but it starts to just come apart, then you're actually open to, you're still a physical being, uh, you're a spiritual being, you're still here. And there's, you know, to put it bluntly, there's, I don't want to use that word, there are objects flying through the air everywhere. There are things going this way and that way and this way and that way. And when you're open, you're no longer defending yourself, then that stuff uh, comes and goes. So the irritation could come, but you don't have a story right after it says, why am I so irritated? I thought I was enlightened. And here I am irritated. I must not be that enlightened yet. I think I need to sit more. I'll ask my teacher. Wait a minute. He moved to Missouri. I'll get another teacher. <laughs> They're diamond husband. All over the internet. You can find them everywhere. Further question on that's a good question. Irritation comes up. I, I think the thing that, that strikes me is that it, it's worse that I'm so quick to start analyzing and assessing and so you, you, you're quick. So the, if you're quick, you're quick. And so the same quickness could happen with your awareness. As soon as that arises, just flood it with, and just turn on all the lights. Don't let that, don't let that kind of uh, activity uh, go off in the shadows somewhere. Turn on the lights. This is what sitting meditation is about. It's like a whole lot of light on everything. You hardly have any shadows. You have a few, because anytime you have uh, light and objects you have, or phenomenal world, you're going to have some shadows. But there are, they're fine. They're part of everything. They're not separate from anything. So let, let be when I say be genuine, then, then be who you are. Have your, have your irritation or ha let, that, let that come and go. Notice when that occurs, notice how there's a resistance to it. There's a not wanting to be that way. We keep objecting to the very thing that is, that we need to, the very Dharma gate that we need to look at in order to transcend this world. And that's our own fear or our own, it's the second noble truth of the Buddha, wanting things to be different than they are. Here's how things are, we want something else. Here's how things are, irritation, instead of, and I don't want to say be irritated because that's another kind of subtle kind of a credential. Well, I'm just going to be irritated now. You know, I'm just a little, these mini lectures we give it to ourselves that try to, you know, that are trying to keep ego around so ego can be enlightened too. Ego cannot be enlightened. Ego is unreal. So it's, uh, as my teacher used to say, uh, ego uh, is uh, enlightenment or awakening is the death of ego. It's ego's funeral. And you can't attend your own funeral. Can you? For Ashoka. Can you attend your own funeral? Yeah. Further questions? Dallas, did you have a question? Maybe a long time ago. <laughs> like last year? Uh, yeah. Forgotten it by now. Okay, yes. Uh, Michelle from East Leroy asks, what is the difference between acceptance and just this? Is there a difference? Yes, there is. Uh, just this is there's no, no acceptor. There's no accepting. There's no acceptance. There's just this. So there's no, uh, there's no strategy around this. Like, I just need to accept this. If I could just accept this. I might have said this a few times. I rarely say just accept it. I may in certain situations just accept it. But generally I say, see what this is. If you see what this is and you're looking at it, then, then the, the, something would come along later that you might, uh, might say you accepted it. But it's not a, the difference is uh, 
just this has has no no separations in it. There's nothing to accept in it. But there's no no warfare. There's no fighting, um, and it's not uh, pass, uh, passive. It's not. I, I have sometimes said, if you think I'm a pacifist, attack me. I think you probably win. I get a couple punches in, <laughs> unless you're a girl. I'm going to hit a girl because I was born before 1950. <laughs> 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 yes. Uh, Jim from Muskegon has uh, James looks like two questions. First, uh, as we begin to see who we are and experience disappointment with what we see. How can we keep from letting that dissatisfaction affect how we relate to others? It often seems that instead of meeting people where they are, I end up trying to drag them to where I'm at. Is this ego or something else? It's ego. Don't don't drag. Don't respect people's confusion. And how do you do that? You just listen to them. You receive. Like uh, like I say, uh, have said recently, the the kind of uh, generosity that's quite often missed is. Uh, is to give and give generously of your attention to everyone. Listen to people. Listen. Listen to how people are doing. How, how if, even if someone is complaining to you about something you did, you could you could listen rather than immediately go into explanations about why it was okay for you to step on their foot. Uh, you could actually listen and uh, and receive. What 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 are they telling you about? Be be kind to people who are having a hard time. And as far as dragging some someone to where you're at, uh, that's uh, from the, the big picture of that could be you're actually you're not you're you're being disrespectful to them because they're the ones who need to awaken. Not you know you can't drag someone into uh, enlightenment or something. Can't be done. Person has to has to come on their own uh, locomotion. Final question, anyone? So could you clarify a little bit his last part? He says, um, I end up trying to drag them to where I'm at, which I get the sense maybe in disappointment. What is it about not wanting to suffer disappointment by ourselves? That's a, I would just say do it anyway. Just let it, let it, let it just flop. When it comes up, instead of trying to shore it up with something so that you don't get too disappointed, then just, just, just be disappointed. And so when we find ourselves trying to drag others into our disappointment with us? Well, try it a little bit. I would say don't, don't get too rough and ready with yourself and trying to manipulate yourself. So you might, you, might have to, you might have to do some of that. You might actually have to do some dragging uh, so that you can see the way, see deeply your motivation, your intention that this is all about you. And, it's, and, and to drag somebody else into it is... Uh, it's just uh, disrespectful. I'm only saying that uh, in the way that I understand it. I'm not saying that you, Jim, are necessarily deliberately doing any of that. But but stepping back a little bit and looking at it, it looks like there's something going on there that is more about keeping your own, keeping the fuel lines of passion, aggression, ignorance, hope, and fear, running to your own ego, keeping those flowing. Less is better. Trump Rinpoche even talked about the nature of uh, of enlightenment was uh, one of the ways he characterized it as a, a genuine heart of sadness, because there is a kind of sadness uh, when we when we uh, when we begin to realize that this is a the, the Buddha was not just making stuff up. He saw the truth there, and he said it the very first words out of his mouth, as far as we know. Life is suffering. He didn't say part time, and quite often they were accused of nihilism. No, it's not nihilism. It's reality. 
It's the truth. Life is, you have nerve endings, uh, you're going to have difficulty. If you just scan your own body at any given time, you'll find some kind of discomfort. Maybe if you're as young as some of you people are, you might not, but you're going to find, and as look through your, in your mind, you're going to find some kind of, something isn't quite, something is just a little bit out of balance or difficult. And that is what? Just, it's included. The way the, the Four Noble Truths goes, uh, life is suffering, the cause is desire or grasping. Uh, and uh, the third one is uh, this can come to an end or cessation. And the path is uh, Shila Samadhi and Prajna or the Eightfold Path or sit down, look at it and realize what it is, not separate. And it doesn't mean that you aren't going to have any difficulty, just it's not going to be able to find uh, a self. Thank you so much. May the merit of this time drain into all places so that we and every sentient being together.